you know, growing up in the country and on the dirt roads, I have so many memories about life and how things have happened and things that I've experienced that I just love to tell the stories about it. Um, and you know that because I tell you the stories over and over again, and unfortunately I tell you some of the same ones over and over again. And uh, you show your love for me by letting me do so. But stories are part of our lives, and the story that God has written in each individual person deserves to be told, to never be held back, because you don't know the impact that it has on anyone around you. You can change someone's life. And on this resurrection day, we have a story to tell that our Lord and Savior defeated death, hell, and the grave, rose and came forward for the reconciliation of God's children back to him. And that is a story to tell. This morning's passage of scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every people, anyone who fears him and practices righteousness is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear. Not, not to all people, but to those who were chosen by God as a witness and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, uh, on this Easter morning, just ask that you pay a little extra attention to us today. Let your spirit be a little more known, a little more present, and a little more powerful as we enter this service. Father, I ask that you remove from me the desire to speak my own, but fill me with your spirit, that every word I would speak would be for the edification of your church and to glorify your name. In Christ Jesus we pray, amen. Now, speaking of stories of growing up, many of you know that growing up there's one particular group uh, music band that I listened to a lot that had a really big influence on my life. And if you were to look at them individually or collectively, you would say they are not a group of Christians. But that reminds me that, that people are Christians not because of our deeds, but because of the deeds that Christ performed because he took our place on the cross. Well, this particular group, led by Ronnie Van Zant and another songwriter uh, named Alan Collins, got together one day in 1976 and penned a song called All I Can Do Is Write About It. And I want to read to you a portion of that song. It says, Well, this life that I've lived took me everywhere. There ain't no place I ain't never gone. 
Well, it's kind of like that saying that you heard so many times. Well, there just ain't no place like home. Did you ever see a she-gator protect her youngin or a fish swimming free? Did you ever see the beauty of the hills of Carolina or the sweetness of the grass of Tennessee? And Lord, I can't make any changes. All I can do is write them in a song. Because I can see the concrete slowly creeping. Lord, take me in mind before that comes. I love that song. I always have, and I can tell you the exact location I was the first time I heard it. My wife and I were on vacation with Isabel and Rebecca when she is itty-bitty, and we were going on to Tybee Island. And as we were crossing that final bridge that goes on to the island, this song came on, and it just had a big impact on me from that day forward. It's slow. It's melodic. It just it catches you. And the way he talks about life in that song and the things that are important to him, I think that's what really grabbed me. But if you really listen to what the song is saying, what he's saying is this, is that, that I've got a story to tell. And I hope that it makes an impact on the people around me. And no matter how bad I want to share it, and no matter how much I want it to have an impact, all I can do is write it in a song. And we think about what was going on in the life of Peter at the time that the... Uh, his life was recorded in the book of Acts. The statement that he made that we read earlier came at a peculiar time in a person's life. His name was Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman centurion who lived some 32 miles away from Peter. Didn't have a clue as to who Peter was. Now this centurion, uh, Cornelius, was known as a godly man. And what that means in biblical times is that he honored the God of the Jews, but he never completely became Jewish. He never was circumcised. He never did make a public pledge to his allegiance to that particular religion. But he honored God in his giving of tithes. He honored God in his treatment of people and the way that he lived. God sent an angel to Cornelius one day and he said this is what I want you to do I want you to send some people to Joppa to find Simon Peter he's living in a house or he's staying in a house with another man who, who's a tanner there go and find him and tell him to come to you and tell him or have him tell you his story and I think about that a lot because I love to tell my story and I, and I think about what Ronnie Van Zant was saying in this song and I think about everything that was going on in the Bible here and I think about our condition of society. See, we treat Jesus sometimes as if his resurrection from the dead was, was for our benefit and our benefit only. But we are Christians are called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We're called to act on behalf of the Holy Spirit to go out into our community and make a difference. You see, Ronnie Van Zandt, what he was saying here was a lot of times what Christians were saying. He was looking at what was going on in life. He knew everything that he enjoyed, the swamps that he loved, the, the rivers he loved to fish in, the country. But he looked and saw what was happening, that, that concrete was slowly coming in. And what he meant was that the big cities were coming, and he didn't want any part of it. And he would just as soon die and go to heaven as opposed to deal with it. You know, and I think Christians, we treat uh, our walk 
like that sometimes when it comes to our duty to be a witness to the people in our community. We look out in our communities and we see by our circumstances how hard it is and how bad it is. Many times I hear people say, and I've heard this ever since I was a kid, that if the world gets any more difficult, I want Jesus to come back because well, I don't want to deal with it. But what we don't understand is this. In Jesus' words, I know that there's all the rapture theories out there about post-tribulation and pre-tribulation. None of those came about until the early 1800s. Here's what Jesus had to say about that in the end days when the disciples asked him. Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, and they came to him privately, not publicly, and said, Master, tell us what the end days are going to be like. And he spoke truth. He said that in the end times, there's going to be famines, that there's going to be wars and rumors of war, that, that there's going to be great persecution. And he said to those people then, but you will make it. If you endure, you will, you will survive and you will experience God in those walks. So the reality is, is that, that the world out there is going to become something that, that we don't want it to be. But the wrong answer is, God, take me out of here before my time comes. You see, Jesus didn't walk out of that tomb for us to quit and give up in our mission. Each and every Christian is charged by Christ to carry out a call, and we all have that same call. It's the call as the, the Great Commission. To go ye therefore into all the nations of the world, preaching and teaching and baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and making disciples of all men. That's who we are. That's what we do. And if we look at the world outside and talk, just think about how evil it is, then we have lost hope. And that's not what we want to do. We want to look at the world outside, and we want to look at the tomb and remember that on this day, that tomb is still empty. There is no body in that tomb. There wasn't a body in that tomb over 2,000 years ago, and there's not a body in that tomb now. That tomb is empty because Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave. He rose from the dead, and he brought with him back into from the pits of hell the keys to life, and the, or the keys to the pit of hell. Jesus is the final judge of what happens to people. Not we, individually or we collectively, but we are to, to be like Peter. See, when, when the centurion Cornelius called him, he already knew that he was a godly man. He lived a godly life. But what he didn't know was the story of the resurrected Jesus. He didn't know about the atonement of sin. But you know, don't you think that God could have used anybody at any point in time to bring that story to him? Why did he have to call on, on Simon Peter, who was some 32 miles away? Now, today, 32 miles is nothing, but 32 miles on foot, that's a different story. Could it be because Peter had a specific story to tell that only he knew because of his experience with walking and talking with Christ? You see, God is more concerned about us being used to bring souls into heaven and to create disciples more so than he is our own comfort. Sometimes he is going to challenge us to do things that we don't want to do because it might be uncomfortable. But there is glory to be found in God's work. 
And there's just no way around that. It may seem like an interruption of our lives, but, but when we fully take on the concept that our lives are, are completely consumed by God, then, then we learn that, that nothing that we give up in this life can ever compare to the joy that God gives us through all things that we encounter. But just like Peter had a specific story to tell about Christ, so do you. You see, God changed your life in some form or fashion that I don't know about. And he took you from, from darkness and brought you into light and shaped and molded you and created you to, to be exactly who you are, to benefit you and your family and the community that you live in. But we have to remember is this, that just like Christ came out of, of that dark tomb into the light, in his resurrected form, we too came out of darkness into the light through Jesus Christ, into a glorified form. And that glorified form began taking place in our lives the day that we received Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Somebody put a thing out on Facebook this week. I don't like embarrassing people, so I won't call out that person's name. But they stated that it's not your sin that's going to send you to hell. It's not your drinking or your drug addiction or your pornography addiction that's going to send you to hell. It's not how great you are at your job or how great you are at being a friend or how bad you are about honoring God's law that's going to send you to hell. What's going to send a person to hell is the absence of Christ in their life. Salvation is by grace and grace alone, least no man should boast, is how the scripture says it. And we have people in our communities that, that need to hear our stories. That we, they need to hear that Jesus Christ walked out of the tomb into life. But they need to hear more than that because I'm here to tell you, they have heard that story time and time again from the lips of Christians and those who pretend to be Christians. But what they want to know is this. How did Jesus make a difference in your life? And when you can connect your works with God and your blessings with God to the things that Christ has done with you and connect that to the people that are outside, then you make a difference in the community in which you live. Peter went 32 miles just to tell Cornelius, who was already a godly man, Jesus Christ died on the cross at Calvary for no crime whatsoever. He was hung on a tree and his blood was shed. I don't know what impact that had on Cornelius. But I know what impact it had on me. And I know what impact that it had on me when I was growing up and I heard the testimonies of all those around me about how Jesus changed their lives. You see, the people out there may be living what we consider the good life. They may be financially stable and live in nice homes. They may not have to be worrying about food or clothing but still live with a void or an emptiness within their lives. 
and all they need and all they want is for someone to come forward and share their story with them. Because when you share your story about what God has done for you, then it becomes personal, not just in words quoted off from a page. I think one of the things that impacted my life so heavenly was a story about my father. I was just very little myself and didn't really know what was going on, but I've heard this story told time and time again. See, my father, when he was a young man, broke his back when he was working in the fields picking cotton back in the early 40s. And surgeries, especially on the back, were not very successful back then. And he had multiple back surgeries throughout his life, and he lived his life in pain. So, so to deal with the pain, so the story goes, he began drinking. Well, the drinking that was being used originally as a medication became a substance of need and addiction. And when he became so intoxicated, he wasn't always a person that you would want to be around. Word is that many times that my brothers and sisters and other had to leave the house and go down the road to my grandparents just to find safety. But one night, when my dad went, went into a, a drunken rage, he, he looked down the hallway to the closet door. If you could imagine the, the walkway here and the doorways there, that would be the end of the hall. And at the end of the hall, there was a closet door. And when he walked down that hallway, he got to the door. He, he heard some arguing. He opened up the door. And inside the closet, he said that I saw two things. I saw Satan and I saw Jesus. And they were both fighting for my soul. And it was that night that my father took that bottle and threw it into the garbage. The other bottles that he had hidden, he poured out down the drain, and never once did he ever touch alcohol again. And from that day forward, he became a father that a son and a daughter would love. He became a husband that a wife could be proud of. And when I think about the people in my life, with all the addictions that they deal with, I think about the miracle that happened with my father and how if only they heard the story, how their lives would change. How does your story impact the community in which you live? Are you bold enough to share it when the opportunity presents itself? See, that's our job. That's our duty. To love the loveless. To preach Christ crucified. And to make disciples of men. So when I think about the last verse of Ronnie's song, Lord, take me in mind before that comes. I'm saddened. Because I would hope that he and you alike would stand firm in our faith and march strongly into the battle.
to do the things that Christ has called us to do. You see, that's what Easter is about. It's about restoration of life. It's about taking what was dead and giving it purpose. And sometimes we as a people need to look at those in our community in the same way Christ looked at us. Even if the world saw a little, God saw a lot. And he invested his life and his blood in each and every one. Can we invest in our people as we celebrate the resurrected Christ? Let us pray. Father God, we come before you again and thank you for this opportunity that you have given us. And help us, Father God, to to remember the power and authority that, that we are given through Christ Jesus. Help us to remember our call and the importance of sharing your story with others. Peter shared his story and changed the lives of those around him. Paul shared his story with people and changed the lives around them. So, Father, I ask that you empower us to share our story about our resurrected Savior and help us change the lives of people around us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. As Christ burst forth from the tomb, may new life burst forth from us and show itself in acts of love and healing to a hurting world. And may the same Christ who lives forever and is the source